The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. Here's what's happening right now. In the years following the closure of Orchard Fresh in the village of Orchard Park, officials are looking to bring in a high-profile grocery store to move into the vacant space. WBEN's Brayton Wilson reports on an effort to bring Trader Joe's to the South Towns. A petition was created more than a week ago by Village of Orchard Park officials asking residents to sign it in support of bringing a Trader Joe's to the former Orchard Fresh store located at 4060 North Buffalo Road. Residents have voiced their want for a grocery store in the village for years, which is why the village wanted to take advantage by taking the matter to the community and allowing them to show the support for Trader Joe's. The response to this point has been overwhelming with just about 7,500 signatures in support of the store. As a Chamber of Commerce, obviously, you know, we have around 500 members that we represent. It's always difficult when you have a community where some of the businesses have gone empty. You know, it just takes away from the appeal of people coming in because they're looking for these types of businesses and they're no longer here. So it doesn't just affect the fact that we don't have the supermarket market here. It also affects the businesses that were in that plaza and the surrounding businesses in the area because people would go there frequently and pick up their groceries. And now we don't have that type of business here to do that with. That's Don Lorenz, executive director of the Orchard Park Chamber of Commerce. Mayor Joanne Litwin Clinton has also put together a prospectus that she's already sent to Trader Joe's that gives all the statistics about Orchard Park and the rest of the South Towns, explaining why they would be a fit for one of their stores. With their corporate headquarters in California, Mayor Litwin Clinton is hoping for some sort of response within a few days before she starts reaching out to them once again. I'm going to ask them to come visit. I want to show them Orchard Park. I want to show them how great of a community we have. I want the residents to be here to show them how supportive they would be of the store in the village. A link to the petition in support of Trader Joe's is available for you to access on our website. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. Brayton, thank you. How many different grocery stores do you frequent on a regular basis. We want to know. It's our WBEN.com web poll this morning. You'll find it on the right side of our page. Just one, a couple, or a few or more? Interesting question and bringing up those results right now. 29% say they frequent just one grocery store on a regular basis. 41% say a couple and 29% say a few or more. You can check in with us. We'd like to hear from you this morning on WBEN.com. In other news, Town of Tonawanda announcing it's lifting its overnight winter parking ban. Town Supervisor Joe Eminger says due to favorable weather forecast for the next two weeks, it makes sense to lift the ban now. The ban was implemented November 15th and was scheduled to be lifted March 15th. Normally, it's in place from November 1st to April 1st. A Buffalo man incarcerated at the Erie County Holding Center arrested for being in possession of marijuana. Personnel at the holding center detected an odor of marijuana coming from a housing unit. They found 31-year-old Michael Escabi in his cell with a blanket wedged under the door. He's charged with possession of contraband in prison in the first degree. He remains in custody in the holding center pending his arraignment in Buffalo City Court. A tragedy in Florida. A young girl playing in the sand on a Fort Lauderdale, Florida beach has died. She and a young boy were digging a hole when it collapsed. She was buried under the sand while the boy was trapped up to his chest. Police and other people raced to dig the children out, but the girl was pronounced dead at the hospital. A playful day at the beach takes a petrifying turn. There was an incident on the beach. 
with two little with two kids something um, something about a sinkhole. Pompano Beach Fire Rescue received a call about two children trapped inside of a massive sand hole. I've lived here 50 years. I've never seen anything like that. All right. Uh, continuing to follow that awful story, reporter Anna McAllister there, the boy who was playing with her, remains in stable condition. Many schools are on winter break this week, but not in Newton, Massachusetts. To make up for time lost during a teacher's strike, classes are in session this week in Newton, Massachusetts. It stressed me out a lot at first. I was really looking forward to break. I was going to go skiing with my family in Vermont, and I was really sad to have that gone. Students get it, but not all like it. Many parents with big plans for winter break kept them. We had hotel reservations and airline seats uh, that weren't easily changeable. It was important, especially for my son, uh, to see the grandparents. She and her family are in Florida. Teachers are making allowances for most kids who don't show up. Steve Kathan, CBS News. A scary few minutes on board an American Airlines flight out of Albuquerque yesterday. One passenger on board said on social media a man tried to open a door in flight and a fellow passengers jumped into action and wrestled him down, duct taped his legs and put flex cuffs on him. American Airlines and the FAA tell ABC News a Boeing 737 was heading from Albuquerque to Chicago when there was a disturbance on board. The plane turned around and landed back in Albuquerque. The FBI is now investigating. Alex Stone, ABC News. Former President Trump last night comparing himself to anti-Putin activist Alexei Navalny, saying the courts are treating him the same way that Putin treated the now-dead activist. On a Fox News town hall, the host asked Donald Trump what it was like to be fined hundreds of millions of dollars in various court cases. His response? It's a form of Navalny. It is a form of uh, communism or fascism. The former president did not mention Vladimir Putin or the Russian president's possible involvement in Alexei Navalny's death in prison. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. The nation's casinos hit on record profits again last year. Gambling was a good bet for the nation's casinos again last year. The American Gaming Association says U.S. casinos took in $66.5 billion from gamblers in 2023. That's an industry record, and it's 10% higher than 2022, which was also a record setter. It also happened in a year where inflation still kept many costs higher than usual. When combined with revenue from tribal-owned casinos, the total could jump to $110 million. Albinger, ABC News. And the first trial in the deadly onset shooting involving it that happened in New Mexico involving Alec Baldwin is due to start today. The armor on the film Rust, Hannah Gutierrez Reed, goes on trial today for involuntary manslaughter and tampering charges. They'll start with jury selection in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Prosecutors say Gutierrez Reed was negligent in handling weapons and ammunition on the set in October of 2021, one of the factors that led to Alec Baldwin pulling the trigger on a gun that should never have been loaded with live rounds. Baldwin is also facing an involuntary manslaughter charge. His trial date has not yet been set. Jason Athenson, ABC News. Hollywood. All right, a lot going on. The exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast calls for a mix of sunshine and clouds today. Noticeably warmer with highs in the low 50s. Clouds thicken up tonight, a few rain showers developing after midnight, mild lows near 40 degrees. Widely scattered showers developing tomorrow will see highs in the mid to upper 40s. Cooler for Friday with a chance of rain and wet snow showers, highs slipping back into the low 40s. Sharply colder for Saturday with a few stray flakes and highs only in the mid 20s. 
With the exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Mary Beth Robel. Tim Collins is joining me this morning. He's with the Eclipse Consortium and also with the 7th Magnitude podcast as we get ready for the eclipse on April 8th. Uh, Tim, what kind of preparations are you doing right now? Um, I am doing a lot of uh, public outreach right now. Um, for example, tomorrow I'm doing one at one of the local libraries. Uh, today uh, I'm going to stop by uh, Beaver Meadow, um, talk to them. We're we're really giving event planners a chance to get some information about the eclipse um, just so they have some safety and some science behind them. Um, and I'm also getting out there um, on the streets as well. So there's a lot of things going on. <laughs> right. And, you know, last time you were with us, you were telling me about the center line. The center line yeah. will be the direct path of the eclipse as we get to totality. And it will be the area that sees the longest duration of totality. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so because you're in direct alignment with the center of the sun and the center of the moon, that's where you're going to get the longest amount of eclipse. And that's where true eclipse chasers tend to gravitate. So they will find a spot on that line no matter what. <laughs> and do you expect bigger crowds along that center line? That's tough to say. I mean, NASA's in Niagara Falls has been doing a pretty good job of pulling people up that way. Um, and that will help a little bit. Uh, but the problem we have with Centerline is that for 186 miles from Cleveland to Buffalo, it's right in the middle of Lake Erie. And when it leaves uh, just before it hits Rochester, it goes back into Lake Ontario for 86 more miles, which means there's only 68 miles of Centerline for Hamilton, Niagara Falls, Buffalo to absorb. There's going to be a lot of people compressing into one region. So it's going to get interesting. Too bad it's not nice boating weather, right, at that time of year. You'd have a lot of people out on the lakes. Oh, yeah. Hey, you never know. Maybe it would be. But, yeah, it's it's too bad it's April and not August again. <laughs> All right. So are you informing uh, businesses or even residents along the center line that they are in this direct path? Do they know it? Most do not. Um, I was at a vet clinic yesterday that did, so it made my job a lot easier. I've come across some people who were aware that they were on the middle, and the point to let them know, especially where you have places where you need appointments, dentist offices, doctor's offices, vet clinics, pharmacies even, if you have patients that need something critical, don't count on that day because traffic may be a mess, especially places along Transit, Ro Transit Road, French Road, Depew. Uh, Harlem, Union, Walden, all these places have a potential for being blocked. Um, and as far as the residents go, um, the message for them is, well, if you've ever wanted to know where the best place to be is during an eclipse, you live on it. So you don't need to really do anything unless there's an event in your neighborhood, have a block party, whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's been a very interesting uh, walk, I call it walk along, walk the center line, and it, it's been a fun little project. Right, and you're right; those people shouldn't go anywhere. Um, how long is totality in the center line versus other locations, like let's say Niagara Falls? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so center line when it first reaches Buffalo around the Outer Harbor uh, is going to be about three minutes forty six seconds. It's three forty five point seven, I believe. Um, I dialed up 
Goat Island with my handy app, and their totality is three minutes, 32 seconds. Uh, it decreases as you move east, north, and south of the center line, again, because you're moving away from that center point. Um, it doesn't drastically change until you get near the edge. So places just outside Olean, for example, on that edge line, um, are only going to have about six seconds of totality. So it's a, it gets to be a drastic change in the last, I don't know, maybe quarter mile. That's very interesting. Yeah, then in that case, you'd probably want to go closer to the yeah, center line. Yeah, and if you're just over the, the edge of that line, um, you did not win the lottery that day. <laughs> so you have 99.9%, and that is not a total solar eclipse. You will not see totality. You will not see the corona on the other side of that line. Wow. So it can be a very, a very fine line. <laughs> when I mean, we're 47 days out. When do you ex- think that we'll have an idea what the weather will be like that day? Well, I'm not necessarily a meteorologist. They could probably answer it better than me. However, um, I would guess within three to four days before, they'll pretty much have a good idea of what's going to happen. So it will buy some people time. I know there are uh, there is a contingent of people who um, have rented an RV and are standing by to bug out if they need to. Um, and that serious people will go to where they can see it, and they will pay attention to that weather. And there, there are some apps, but you know why not just you know pay attention to you know your meteorology team at WBEN. It's a great source. Yeah, no, of course. Um, and temperatures that day mm-hmm. will it will the temperature change during the eclipse? It will. Uh, I noticed this in 2017, too, when I was down there, and we took a look at it. And, of course, Dr. Fred Espinak was in town this week, and he talked about it a little bit. Um, temperatures, because you're cutting off that source of light, and the sun's also your source of heat. And so when the moon blocks it, you notice. And it can drop anywhere between 10 and 18 degrees. So if it's already a cold day in April, it's going to be colder. So you need to dress appropriately just in case. Um, so you should always bring a jacket, no matter what time of year it is, because uh, it will drastically cool. And, and could it be windy as well? Yeah, winds will also pick up because your local weather is going to react to that temperature change. And you can also get some strange phenomenon with, with clouds, too. You can get spontaneous cloud coverage and you can get spontaneous cloud clearing, depending on what your weather pattern is doing. In 1994, when Buffalo had the annular total eclipse, uh, that's exactly what happened. We had some spontaneous cloud coverage that ruined the maximum eclipse. Um, So everything up to the maximum was fine, but when it came to the ring of fire, we didn't see it. So it's kind of another uh, black, uh, black eye for Buffalo in terms of eclipses. So we're hoping we can overcome this one. (laughs) Absolutely. We all want to see that ring of fire. All right. Hey, Tim, you're always full of information. Thank you. Good luck walking the center line. Thank you, Susan. Thank you very much. Tim Collins, he is with the Buffalo Eclipse Consortium and the 7th Magnitude Podcast here on WBEN. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.